The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. Turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. It's eight minutes after eight on a Friday morning. And as you know, uh, usually we take it easy. Uh, we try to take it easy on a Friday morning. And uh, today we are profiling an organization, Gift of the Givers. And, you know, um, this is one of those organizations that actually makes so many of us uh, feel good uh, as South Africans that, you know, this is one of ours. It's a South African organization whose footprint, of course, um, uh, is felt across the world. And it's been 23 years since South African relief organization, Gift of the Givers, has been helping people in South Africa and around the world. It's an NGO and uh, it has delivered many, many, many um, uh, life-saving aids, food. You know, whenever there's a call to assist, Gift of the Givers is always there. And furthermore, they've also been involved in cultural projects, uh, building bridges between people of different religions, inspiring goodwill and spreading the message of tolerance and mutual respect. And they've provided, um, as I said, many supplies to millions of people in 41 countries, including right here at home in South Africa. And for all these reasons, on the forum at 8 this morning, we profile the organization that is Gift of the Givers through its founder, director and chairman, um, give, uh, Dr. Imtia Suleiman. Good morning and thank you so much for coming through. Morning, Sakina. Good to be here. It's been 23 years, but how was the organization conceived? I mean, how did this come about? It was strange. I was invited well, not invited. I was, I was informed of a spiritual place in Turkey. And in 1991, I landed up being in Turkey. An African guy actually told me about this. He said there's a spiritual place in Turkey. You see people, you meet a, a Sufi sheikh or a Sufi master, a good man. I met the, 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 the sheikh before him in America, but that sheikh passed on in 86. And there's another one now in Turkey. So whenever you get a chance, you try to go to Turkey. And we used to have a lot of dialogue. I told him, Mr. Miller, I've never been to Cape Town. When am I going to get to Turkey? And he said, if God wills, you will get there. And it so happened in 1991, through a mission that I was doing for Bangladesh, before Gift of the Givers, I had to take trucks to Turkey to go to Kurdistan to, for the Turkish Red Crescent, wanted to use it for the Kurds. They had no transport. And that time, it was August also, 91. And I met the spiritual teacher. Now, remember the Gulf War had polarized. The Gulf War had just taken place in January of 1991. And the Gulf War had polarized the world. It, it was it, it created the impression it was East against West and Christians and Jews on one side and the Muslims on the other side. And coming from an apartheid South Africa didn't help either. You know, there was resentment, there was, there was animosity to, for, towards different groups. And when I went there, the first, my wife was with me. The first thing we saw is Christians, Jews, Hindus, people who say they don't believe in religion, people from America, Russia, all different people in a Muslim holy place. That is one thing that struck me. The second thing is the harmonious way in which each of them interacted. And the spiritual teacher saw the shock, look of shock on my face and he said, My son, what do you see? I said, I see different people in the Muslim holy place and we know we are, we had loggerheads all over the world. What's going on? He looked at me, he said, My son, mankind is one single nation. The God of all mankind is one. We only call him by different names. The bad actions of a few individuals is not representative of an entire country, a group, a religion, or, or, or people. And then he went on to say, the most potent thing, he said, any priest, imam, sheikh, or rabbi, 
no matter his external paraphernalia, if he promotes terrorism, extremism, violence, disorder, discord, and the taking of life, he's not a man of God. Don't follow him. Any person who preaches love, kindness, compassion, and mercy is a man of God. Follow him. That was the end of the visit. But I fell in love with the man immediately. I told my wife I want to go back. In 92, 6th August, I went back to Turkey. I met the man again. It was a Thursday night. On Thursday, Muslims have what is called Zikr. Mm-hmm. Zikr is the celebration of God's name, chanting of God's names in a different format. It was after 10 at night. And just after the program, it was in Istanbul. He just, and it's just uh, 23 years now, 6th August, a month ago. He just looked me in the eye, and I could see that although he's looking at me, his eyes are connecting somewhere else. In fluent Turkish, he told me, My son, I'm not asking you. I'm instructing you to form an organization. The name will be in Arabic, although it's Turk, Wakful Wakifin, meaning gift of the givers. You will serve all people of all races, of all colors, of all classes, of all cultures, of any political affiliation, and of any geographical location, and you will serve them unconditionally. You will not expect anything in return, not even a thank you. In fact, in what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life, expect to get a kick up your back. If you don't get a kick up your back, regard this as a bonus. This is an instruction for you for the rest of your life. Serve people with love, with mercy, with kindness and compassion. And remember, the dignity of man is foremost. When somebody's in the ground, don't push them further down. Hold them, lift them, pick them up. If somebody's crying out of sadness, wipe, wipe the tear from the eye. Caress the head of an orphan. Speak good words of counsel to a widow. Feed the hungry, clothe the naked, provide water for the thirsty, and be the best at what you do. He didn't say the second part, not out of ego, but because you're dealing with human life and human dignity. And then he said, the most important thing to remember, my son, is that whatever you do is done through you and not by you. Now go back, and this is an instruction for you for the rest of your life. And what were your immediate thoughts? Uh, because, you know, uh, that sounds so overwhelming. I'm thinking to myself, I don't even know this old man so well. And I've just met him for the first time last year and the second time. He's just given me an instruction like that. But maybe he means I'm a doctor in private practice. So maybe in between my patients, I'll do some things here, there and everywhere. You know, nothing substantial. But anyway, it's a good spiritual thought, a good spiritual wish. I want to do some good things. And it's a blessing for an old man, a respected man, a righteous man, a holy man. So no harm can come out of that. So I didn't really take it so seriously. But it so happened as I walked out of the door, came back to South Africa, an inspiration came. Nothing I do comes without, do without inspiration or without prayer. And it came, you got to respond to the, boy in Woz- the war in Bosnia. And the war had already started. So that was a take-off point, and it was, it was a big thing immediately. The other strange thing about this, I told you, he speaks stormy and fluent Turkish. I don't speak a word of Turkish. But I understood every single thing that he said. And one day, I mean, I, I met him many times in Turkey. And one day I asked him, several years later, I said, teacher, tell me, how come when you speak Turkish, I understand everything that you say? But when anybody else speaks to me in Turkish, I don't understand what they're saying. He said, my son, when the hearts connect and the souls connect, there's no need to understand the words. You will understand. And exactly everything he said, I understood. And then, you know, Bosnia, so here you are, doctor in private practice. Um, so when you come home, How are you thinking of going to Bosnia? But where do you start? Because obviously you're going to need money. 
uh, to put this mission together. That that I mean, not that that is the most important consideration, but it's a very important consideration because without it, how do you actually get this mission off the ground? There was a few things that he told me. He said, my son, people will come to you. He said, in everything that you do, you will know what to do. I don't understand it. At that time, you're getting all this information. What is he talking about? And he told me clearly, a lot of things you won't understand now. You'll understand much later in life what I'm telling you now. And because I'd done three projects before that, not on the gift of the givers, just, you know, under different names. I did a response to Mozambique in 1990, responded to the Gulf War in 91. And in 91 also, a cyclone in Bangladesh that I responded to and then went to Turkey. It was because of that how I met the teacher. So people knew a little bit about us. And then I made an announcement. I said, look, there's a war in Bosnia. We're going to respond. And we got the support. People are generous. South Africans have a good nature of Ubuntu. And we took in 31 containers of aid. That looks easy. But we were going to a war zone. We had to learn about reserve bank clearance. We had to learn about customs. We had to learn about immigration. We had to learn about movement of shopping. And a whole lot, it, it was the first project was a lesson in disaster response. Actually, 85% to 95% of what I know today, I learned in that first mission. You know, it is the last, the other 10% has been coming over the years. But everything came in that first mission. And yes, you get stuck, you have challenges, and you've got to find a solution. It, touches your, it, touch, uh, it tests your resolve. How resilient are you? Are you going to give up? Are you going to go back home? And, you know, that's how the project started. And then in '93 we took in hospital. I was obstructed at every point. It took me 20 weeks to take that hospital in. I was away from home from 92 to 95 for three years almost most of the time. My practice collapsed, you know, and things just went all wrong personally. But in terms of organization itself, the direction I am going in this direction now. And there were lots of challenges. But as you persist and, you know, resilient and you know people are suffering, God's help comes. But you've got to be patient. Mm. You have to be patient. But but, but uh, the price, and, and, and you say, you know, things, your practice collapsed, things didn't go that well personally. And then, you know, didn't you at some point, you know, take a step back and think, you know, ask yourself whether this was not too high a price to pay for what you were doing? I thought of that many times. But the, but I think the support was, or the the thought, what kept me going was, I gave my word to the spiritual teacher. And I said, if anybody knows, they know. As part of the religion, it tells you in every other page that God will test you with patience and perseverance. You know, and that, uh, but in the end, you will always succeed. That's Islamic teaching, that God tests you always with patience and perseverance and prayer. And, and, and then I think the, what made it easy is that my wife and my children all said, you know, we are with you. Because my wife was with me when I went, met him for the first time. And because they understood the religious teaching and that man was, the service to man was paramount, that the Prophet of Islam came to serve all, all of mankind unconditionally, unconditionally and selflessly and mercifully. And when we knew that was teaching, it was easy to read the words, it was easy to read about the history, but now I was, we ourselves were put in that condition where everything was being tested. Were we, going, were we going to give up? Are we going to persevere? And because they fully supported us, yes, things financially become a big problem. But now when you look at it, your problem is nothing compared to the problems of people all over the world. Mm. And, and, and of course, you know, um, there would, of course, be uh, the association with Islam, inevitably, given who you are and, uh, you know, uh, how the organization actually started. And in a time when the world is, is, is very polarized and, you know, um, we are seeing a lot of battles, um, a lot of wars actually starting as a result of religion, 
how has that impacted on the work that you do as gift as as, uh, as gift of the givers? We knew that was going to be a problem, you know, because the moment you say m- m- Muslim organization, oh yeah, go the terrorists again, yeah, they only help their own people, yeah, they only convert everybody to Islam. We had many of those kind of comments, you know, these people only help themselves, they only help outside, they only want to help Muslims, they only want to do things for themselves, you know, these are fundamentalist people. You, you even now you get comments, but not nothing compared to like twenty three years ago. And we said, you know what, we're going to ignore that and we're going to carry on serving and one day the truth will come out. And it so happened initially that most of the difficulties were in Muslim countries. Now, should we not go there because people don't like the idea that you're helping Muslims? They are human beings. You know, they didn't ask for the disaster to befall them. We responded. And slowly when they saw the work taking place in South Africa, we're getting involved in the townships, the food parcel delivery. And when the media started traveling with us, you know, people's eyes started opening. Hey, these guys don't only go to Muslim countries. They've been to Haiti. They've been to the Philippines. They've been to Nepal. They've been to India. They've been to Malawi. They've been to South Sudan. You know, they've been to African countries, which are Christian-majority countries. Their teams are now all covered with all different groups, all religions working together. There's no religious system here. It's purely humanitarian. Yes, it's Islam. Make no mistake about that. I make it quite clear. This is a Muslim organization. But what does Islam teach you? That you serve all of mankind unconditionally. So we're living by that rule, and you respect all people of all religion. When people travel with us, we tell them, bring your religious book, bring your Bible, bring your cross, whatever you want to do, bring it, whatever form of prayer you want to do, do it. The more all of us pray, the better for all of us. It doesn't matter in which way you pray. That's why that first meeting with a spiritual teacher was so, so important to understand and respect different cultures and religions as human beings, not a oh, black one, white one, Christian, Hindu, Jew, all in a box. The mm. problem is we make too many boxes. We don't look at a human as a human. The moment we take the box out and just look at humanity, we forget all the issues. And that's how the teams work together and we serve everybody unconditionally. And then in a period of time, all those negative things started disappearing. Well, uh, we are speaking to Dr. Imtia Suleiman and um, a man who actually needs very little introduction because we are profiling gift of the givers this morning and uh, we want to hear from you what are your thoughts have you had any interaction with gift of the givers in their 23 years of existence you can give us a call on 0891 you can sms us on 34701 tweet or facebook am live on safm or at uh, sakina kamwendo and i just want to read some of the messages you know uh, talk through some of the things that people are saying uh linda and kabinde say Says, Dr. Imtia Suleiman, um, you have spoken to a man there. Please give him a bells. And then, then um, I don't know, bells? Johnny Walker better. Okay. Johnny Walker is better. <laughs> so we can keep on walking. Kesa <laughs> uh, Vasha says, I salute gift of the givers for being real and loyal to life and not greed. They represent God's love to the people. And then Simnile Mafuduguta says, when someone on the ground is on the ground, don't push them down further. And that is quoting what you just said and goes on to say, continue making South Africans proud. Nobesutu Klele says, um, Dr. Imtia Suleiman of Gift of the Givers makes me proudly human. Never mind South African. He's a case study in Ubuntu. And um, then a few questions about some of the work that you are doing. Banisa says, how do you 
How does Gift of the Givers get access to kidnappers and terrorists in order to help people? Because it would seem as though it's something that others can't get a hold of. And maybe just to add to that question, here's one from uh, Kakisho Mueng who says, SK, with uh, the kind of profile that uh, Dr. Suleiman has, can't he ask the rich Gulf states to assist with the current refugee crisis? The first one, but everything that we do, I said very clearly, is done because through faith, God's hand is there. And it's very clear, you know, when the teacher said, everything is done through you and not by you. So, you know, the kind of things in inverted commas that I do is not humanly possible. You know, you get the right contact at the right time. And I'll give you an example. Three years, eight months, nobody could reach Stephen McGowan's contacts to the captives. Nobody knows. We made contact with what, the right person in 15 days. The moment we took on the case, we did in 15 days what people couldn't do in three years and eight months. Not because we're clever. Because God willed us to find the right people. In Yemen, the kidnap situation, how did we get involved? It was purely humanitarian. Kidnapping is not, the hostage release is not something that we do. But it's humanitarian to try to free someone whose children are at home, whose wife needs him, or whose wife or or parents are taken captive. The reason we could do that is because we had leverage. What was the leverage? We had an office in Yemen. We unconditionally helped everybody. We didn't ask which province you come from, which group you belong to, which tribe, because we don't even know. We just do it because they need help. And because of that, we had respect. Because of the respect, and we, everywhere Anas al-Hamati went, my office manager, said, you know what, you've got a South African couple, a South African organization is helping us. It's so embarrassing to Yemeni people that somebody in Yemen has captured South Africans when South Africans are supporting our poor people. This is not good for our country. It's not good for our image. Somebody please call me. Seven months, he said that, from May 2013 till January 2014. Six January 2014, the captors called him. They said, are you asking about us? Seven January, meet us in Aden. The moment he walked to the front door, he said, we are Al-Qaeda, and you know what we're capable of. And then, but we had a plan. He went in, but we don't know who we're going to meet. He went in, and he took all the books. He said, here's other pictures. We know you are now, I know you are Al-Qaeda now, you tell me you are Al-Qaeda. But look, you got South African and there's a whole, I can't go into the whole dialogue now. Mm. But in essence, the question, the person asked, how did we deal with kidnappers and terrorists? He showed them the work. And when they looked at it, he asked, you got two people, let's talk about the lady first. She's a mother, she needs to be with the children. Let's talk about the lady first. Okay, you can have her. Just give us a million dollars. So he said, we got no money. Then he calls me. He said, what does I say? I say, tell him, we got no money. And then he shows them the pictures. Somehow, somebody melted to some extent. They looked at the pictures. They said, okay, we'll speak to our leader. And they came back two days later. They said, you can have her for free. So, Who was she? Yulani Koki. Wow. Well, that's how we got out in four days. Not because we were very clever. God put mercy in their hearts. We're not, we're not in the kidnapping and terrorist business specialists taking people out. But because of our work, they, they, they knew what we, they were probably monitoring us for seven months and saw what we were doing. And then they saw the pictures. And thereafter, they said, okay, you can have her. The second question about Gulf states, I'm very disappointed with the Gulf states. The whole Muslim world is disappointed with the Gulf states. This is not Europe's problem. The Gulf states have got the money, they got the means. But besides the money and the means, Islam talks about brotherhood. It talks about brotherhood universally, meaning all people of all religions are brothers. And it talks about the Muslim Brotherhood specifically. And I'm not talking about the Muslim Brotherhood as a political group. I'm mm-hmm. talking about Muslim Brotherhood as, as humans. And they should be the first under God's law to respond to the crisis, refugee crisis. They've done it before. They've done it in Bosnia. They've done it for Gaza. They've done it for Lebanon. They've done it for other c- crises. 
Nobody can understand why there is no movement from them on this issue. It's heartbreaking, and I, for a fact, number one, will not take money from them. Because money that comes from Gulf states quite often come with conditions. If you want to give it without conditions, they're welcome to give it. If you want to give it to conditions, I'll give it back to them and tell them, fly kite. So we are very specific. We don't ask anybody, allow anybody to manipulate us. We will not be manipulated by anyone. So, yes, they can do much more than Europe. They should do much more than Europe, and it is their responsibility. And uh, speaking of money, uh, and we'll take those calls after the break, uh, definitely, Will, uh, please, because I don't want to, uh, you know, basically ask you to keep it short at this point. So we'll take the calls after the news break. But speaking about money, here's um, a face, uh, um, an email, rather, from um, uh, Mr. Korombi, who wants to know who funds Gift of the Givers. He asks, uh, where does the main source of income come from? And how many employees do you now have uh, in the organization? Money comes from South Africans. Very ordinary South Africans. We don't make proposals. We don't phone companies. We don't go door-to-door. We don't advertise for money. We get free media coverage. That's different. But we don't put paid adverts, please give us money, and this is a sad child, and that and the other. We don't do that. We get extensive media coverage. We announce our projects, and people come in droves. And i give you one example. For Somalia in 2011, Orange Farm. People know where Orange Farm is. That's poor kids there. They're barefoot. they got no lunch box, forget the lunch, don't have uniforms, don't have a jersey, don't even have a school bag. They go to school barefoot. When Somalia came, the black children, I'm saying specifically because black is associated with the poor, the black children of Orange Farm raised 40,000 rand for Somalia. The money comes from the Ubuntu spirit of South Africa. The corporates were never involved in the beginning, never. It's only in recent years that the corporates are coming, you know, and of course, yes, there's Muslims give a lot of money because the region tells you to give. But across the country, it's still the ordinary person. Barry Hurst uh, also sends an email and he says, uh, Dr. Suleiman is a saint and as Christians, we should take a leaf out of his book. And that uh, is going to bring us up to news time. So many messages coming through. We'll run through them. But more importantly, we'll take the calls. So please just be patient and we'll come to those calls after the news break. Nomsa Luli standing by with the 8.30 news headlines. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. Turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. Thank you so much for staying with us this morning. And before we get back to the forum today, just a quick announcement. Uh, home Affairs, uh, the system at Home Affairs is down and will be for at least two hours. Uh, so if you're making your way to Home Affairs, uh, just to make sure that you are aware of that particular delay. And with that out of the way, it's time to get back now to the forum at eight. And this morning we're profiling Gift of the Givers and we're in conversation with the founder, director and chairman of Gift of the Givers, Dr. Imti. Suleiman. And I promise the callers will take them immediately after the news break. So let's keep our promise. 891 Let's go to Kifilwe in Santon. Thanks so much for holding, Kifilwe. Yes, Sakina, how are you? Well, and you? I'm great, thanks. Uh, Dr. Suleiman, uh, firstly, I want to say to you, uh, there is a, co- a, a theory that South Africa is either going to be taken over by Islam or is going to be taken over by the Chinese. You will respond to that. However, there is also a growing lack of love. Since 1994, there is a decline of caring amongst our people 
when we were fighting apartheid. And I've seen a decline over the years. Up to now, people don't care for each other. You respond to that. But I had an opportunity to go to one of your depots this week. I have never met so much love. I've never gotten where people didn't judge me about the car that I drive. Oh, I just got these wonderful women, and they told me, no, just bring a project, we'll come and cook, we'll come and feed, and what do you want? And actually, what I wanted, I wanted Sibusiso. And that's why I went to one of the because I won't tell you which one. And they gave me a free sample of Sibusiso. You know, that's what I'm saying. As long as you don't have an agenda, your agenda is about love and serving I, I I really applaud you. I, I don't I don't listen to all the stories whether you've been to Sudan or whatever. For me is your mission should be in South Africa because there's a declining thing of loving and caring for each other and amongst African people somehow there's a decline of love, there's a decline of caring. Okay. Kifilwe, I'll get uh, Dr. Silman to respond to that. Please listen on the radio. Mbonani in Durban, good morning. Uh, good good morning, uh, Sakina, and good morning to your guests, and thank you for taking my call. Uh, my name is Mbonani, and I'm from Durban. I just want to upfront, you know, indicate to, to you, Sakina, and to your guests that I am one of the people that, you know, generously donate or give to the gift of the givers as and when the such calls are made. And I believe, Bakina, that the, the work, the humanitarian work that the gift of the givers is doing in our country, in the continent of Africa and all over the world is amazing. And that is the only thing that, uh, that struck me to be able to give as and when we are requested to donate things. Because their humanitarian you know, work. It cut across race, creed, color, or religion. In fact, as we all know, as we, and, uh, as we sometimes say, that hunger uh, and, and, and backward, backwardness, as well as, uh, you know, uh, wealth, knows no race, no creed, and no color. I just want to say to the gift of the givers, keep up the good work, we are very proud as South Africans about what you, Gift of the Givers, as part of us, as part of South Africa, you are doing to the world for humanitarian work. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, um, Bonani. And as you say, you know, um, it, it comes from that earlier uh, question about who, you know, where does the money come from? And I guess that's an example, as Dr. Suleiman was saying earlier, the money comes from ordinary South Africans who uh, actually take the time to contribute to these causes because they see what the work is all about. Isham, you're in Cape Town. Good morning. Assalamu alaikum, Sakina. Wa alaikum, alaikum to the. Assalamu alaikum to Dr. Suleiman there. Wa alaikum salam. I just want to say that I just want to say that Dr. Suleiman is a truly great South African son. He's a son of the soil, and his work is really amazing. I think he deserves the highest order for South Africans, and in fact, he deserves a Nobel Peace Laureate. Okay. Thank you so much, and 
and keep up the great work of the Suleiman. Thank you. Thank you so much uh, there, Isham. And, and, and you're not the only one who says that. Uh, there's an SMS here from Joyce who also says, I suggest that citizens of Mzansi nominate Gift of the Givers for the Nobel Peace Prize in Norway because they deserve it. And Jacques Cupid on, on Twitter also says, give the Gift of the Givers um, a Nobel Peace Prize. And um, so many South Africans feeling that, you know, um, you are deserving of that. Let's stay in Cape Town. Uh, Solly, good morning. Morning, Sakina. Assalamu alaikum, uh, Imtiaz. Walaikum salam, sorry. You know, 23 years ago, we had a huge tragedy in the family, and that's when I met Imtiaz for the first time in the first Bosnia case. And Sakina, what an incredible journey he's been sharing with this man. We've only learned what love is, giving is. To give money or to give in kind is so easy, but to give one selflessly, just for the work of good for humanity, is the most difficult thing, and this is what Imtiaz has done. I've watched him, I've learned from him. For 23 years, he's given without any reservations. And there are so few of him in this world. Everyone has echoed it. He deserves the Nobel Prize. But I want the world to know that here's a man that gives without asking. He gives him, he gives himself, he gives his family, and the work that they do is truly honorable and must be even greatly supported. Imtiaz, carry on with the great work. It's been great being with you, my brother. Thank you, Sully. Thank you so much, Sully. And still in Cape Town, uh, Janusz is also there. Good morning. Good morning, Sakina. Good morning to, the, to you, sir. The great job, great job, sir. I know myself... Uh, you are the best ambassadors of South African people all over the world. People talking about it, even in Poland, I, they know your name. The, I don't know whether you have anything to do there, but when I speak to the to my friends, they they, they know the, your organization, they know you that as well. Um, and you are the great, great man of our people as well, uh, and representing as well. But I know myself because it's difficult to, to get any volunteers, and I know how difficult work it can be. You know, these days, volunteers, when you ask them to, to volunteer, do something for, for nothing, just for love, and as you mentioned, they first the question, how much you pay, you know? So I admire you for your work and, uh, and, and wish you all the best and uh, keep us proud. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much. Janusz, Moloto in Polokwane? Hello? Hi, Moloto. Yes, no, I just wanted to call in and say we're proud of uh, Dr. Suleiman. He's making us, the whole of South African, proud because after Mandela we needed someone like him. And I just wish and hope that if there's a way that to nominate him to be one of the Nobel Peace Prize, uh, I mean, his winners, I mean, maybe we must, I mean, uh, I mean, what is this? Uh, put him forward as one of those people who must win because he's doing a great job. I mean, the, the fact that he's saying he's a Muslim, it doesn't matter actually. He's a South African, we are proud of him. So we just love him, we want to say thank you. I mean, he's making all of us proud. We are very proud of all of us. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Moloto, calling us from Pulukwane. Dr. Suleiman? Uh, first of all, thanks to all the South Africans for all their good wishes and, you know, the good support that they're giving us. And it is that kind of support, it is love from South Africans that has made Gift of the Givers be what we are. We, Gift of the Givers is actually South Africa. We can't achieve what we can without the prayer the support, the good wishes of, of all South Africans. And you can see it coming through. And it is because of them that we are so successful all over the world. We carry South Africa's love with us when we go all over the world. About the Chinese or, or, or Indians or Islam taking over South Africa, I don't know. That's not in my hands. That's in God's hands. I don't know. But about love missing, yes. I agree with the lady wholeheartedly. Well, I find the new generation is losing respect 
especially when they're coming from the rural areas and coming into the city, you would find more and more people are becoming self-centered. They become economically or, you know, focused. And a lot of old people, the elderly, the, the, the parents, the grandparents, you know, are sort of being forgotten for all the struggles and all the strife they did to put you through school, to, to sacrifice without food, gave you your uniforms and took you across in, and, and made you where you are today. I'm not saying everybody does that, but there's a tendency that I'm finding more and more. And we are becoming driven by economics. We are forgetting human compassion. We are forgetting caring for each other. We're comparing and we're forgetting about helping each other. That Ubuntu African spirit, to some extent, is, is, is lost, not among all of us, but among some of the people. And I think it, it is, it is it's a collective responsibility where grandparents, parents, the new generation, the churches, the religious houses all need to go back and engender that spirit of goodwill among us, that we as human beings, we care for each other. Yes, that has to be done. The second question from uh, lady from Santon, Islam and Chinese issue, the second question, I can't remember what she said. It, it, it was about the lack of compassion, yeah. you know, basically. Uh. But, 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 you know, as I said, um, you know, at the beginning, we, we, we profiling gift of the givers, and of course you are synonymous with gift of the givers. But just looking at the work that you've done, as gift of the givers over the years. You know, you think of uh, the earthquake earthquake in Haiti. You spoke of all the other conflict uh, situations that you got involved in. Um, is there any particular incident that stands out for you as, you know, one that really made you stand back and really introspect about what is going on? There's many, Sakina. You know, every mission is unique. Everyone has its own story. And everyone makes you stand out. And there's several. But before I go on to that, I want to come from what Janus had mentioned. You know, Gift of the Givers, I said, is nothing without the South Africans. But without our teams, we are zero. Mm. I think real credit, people forget. People keep mentioning me in the media and profiling me and, you know, me. But it's not me. The guys that really make it happen are the volunteers. I mean, we have 120 medical personnel on standby 24-7. And these are all volunteers. And, and, and then you have the search and rescue personnel, the 60 or 70 of them also on standby all the time. They would drop their businesses, close their practices, you know, within an hour and get ready to go on a mission. And they would risk their lives and I would make them scared. I'm saying we're going to a war zone, you're going to die, please don't come. And they would say, yes, we are coming. And they would more and more, used to make them scared, more and more they would come. So these are the guys that really carry the, the brand. Now, to answer your question, it's based on this type of volunteers. Two things happened. When they went to Haiti, it's the first time ever we had our own search and rescue team. Gift of the Givers has been evolving. We had no medical teams. Then we had a primary health care team. Then we had a trauma team. Then we had a post-op team. Then we had trauma counselors. You know, and then we put up housing. And then we brought in search and rescue. And then we brought in dogs. So it was a, an evolution and it's still evolving. And to Haiti, the South African team went. 20th January 2010 was eight days after the earthquake had struck on 12 January 2010. And the South African team, these South African volunteers, made world history. For the first time in the history of the world, an African team from anywhere on the African continent had taken somebody alive out of the rubble. Eight days later, 64-year-old Enazizi was taken out of the rubble alive in the Catholic Church by a South African team. And the first word she told them is, I love God. And the second word she told him, I love you. It's about God and it's about love. And that's what the world needs. And when, they were followed by the medical team. And when the medical team went, when the people started seeing them work, the people of Haiti said, if you want to be saved, if you want help, if you want to live, 
then go to the dream team and the dream team is from South Africa. So it makes us, I want South Africans to know, don't underrate yourselves. Don't have faith in yourselves. Have faith in your continent and have faith in your capacity that we may not be rich like the northern countries, but we have the capacity, the Ubuntu spirit, and we can make a difference to the world. And that thing really stood out for me. And, you know, um, your book, because, um, you know, I'm not sure if everybody's aware that you have, in fact, uh, written a book uh, looking at uh, many of uh, these interventions, I would like to call them, uh, that uh, were made by Gift of the Givers. Talk to us about that. What inspired that? Well, the book was not written by me. I had a, I had many writers mm. over the years coming to me and said, look, we'll read for free. We'll write a book. You have to document these things. And I said, no, I don't want a book. And in November 2013, from a company called Bookstorm, a lady called Louise Grantham, she's been telling me for many years, we've got to write the book. And I said, Louise, I don't want this book. People will think this is all about ego. It's about profiling myself, you know, talking about all the things, and all the hard work of all the years will, will collapse. She came to me, and many people told me. Wherever I went, people said, you're doing injustice. You're Africa's largest NGO. Who's going to learn? Where's all that information? We need something for people after you to know what to do. You have to document that. And she told me the same thing in that November meeting. She said, you know what? You've got to write this thing because what about the generations after you? They need to learn. It's not about the ego. So eventually I agreed and she asked me for a writer. I said, look, you need somebody who's, who understands different religion, somebody who knows about me, who's traveled with me. And I gave her the name of Shafiq Morton in Cape Town. I said, there's one condition. Nobody calls me. You will write the book without talking to me because I don't have the time to talk to anybody. And Shafiq did the whole book by research, and because he traveled with me. And I, on the last day before it went into publication, I mean, in the last week, I just read, skimmed read the book to make sure there were no mistakes in terms of dates and times and kind of events. And it was, and, I, and now in, in, in retrospect, you know, hindsight, it's, it's very good that the book was written, because a lot of people said, we want to use it for research, we can understand what happened. It teaches people how to take the job forward or do some other kind of things in the future. So I'm very proud of Shafiq, the way he did the book, and you know, and also Louise Grantham for forcing me to agree to get this book written. Well, I, I want to run through some of the messages because there are just so many of them, Dr. Suleiman. Terence and Kimberly says, Mr. Suleiman, you give me so much inspiration with the work that you do and the words you just spoke. Pray and be patient. Vivian Z says, Dr. Suleiman should be running South Africa or this government should take lessons from him. Um, Chawe in PE simply says, amazing. Kathy says, Dr. Suleiman is my big South African hero. Caring, giving, sharing is his motto. The ANC Fat Cat government can learn from him. And then uh, this one says, uh, through you, not by you. Um, I will take this as one of my principles. Thank you, sir. Konzi says, I urge all South Africans to buy a Dr. Suleiman's book. Um, Dr. Ibrahim Khan says, it takes a saint to recognize another saint. And this man is simply a saint. I worked with him on several missions and I can say this man is selfless and sincere to his cause. Matati Matipa from uh, Burgersford says, Sakina, the world will be a better place with more people like Dr. Suleiman for always willing to give a helping hand. 
Fund. Where may we donate for Gift of the Givers uh, to keep up the good work? Colin says, great show, very inspirational. Charmaine's uh, contribution, uh, this man is an example uh, of love in action. Thank you for what you do on behalf of all of us. Matume Mawasha says, I want to sign up with Gift of the Givers and do my Mandela time whenever I'm able to. Um, Lucky Mashele in Matsakali Village says, Dr. Suleiman sacrificed personal wealth for humanitarian belief. Congratulations. Jolene P.E., good to hear the wonderful work by the doctor, uh, but do other Islamists who say non-Islamists are infidels uh, who deserve death agree with him? And then uh, Subri says, Dr. Imtiaz, you are a great human being and an inspiration to all. Continue with the humanitarian work and you have the support of all of us. Uh, Balan Naidu in Port Elizabeth says, uh, sir, you are an instrument of God. I'm so grateful to God Almighty for using you and your team. I'm very proud of your obedience. Thank you once again and don't stop. God bless you, sir. Val in KZN, Sakina, thank you for this inspirational inspirational, interview. interview to Dr. Imtiaz. I can only say, may Allah God be with you. I salute you. How do I become a volunteer in your organization? And I'm just going to run through another few because there are so many. Uh, Naheem says, uh, Salam Sakina, the Quran teaches us to help family, friends, neighbors, city, province, country. Therefore, uh, be for for going overseas, we before going overseas, we should concentrate our efforts in South Africa. That's from Naheem. And then uh, this one says, "Gift of the givers, um, great man doing great work for humankind. God bless." LB says, "Dr. Suleiman is a child of God. He does not need to be a Nobel Peace Prize winner. He is a, re- a representation of the character of God. You are blessed, Tata." from LB. Tipe says, Jesus made a parable about a certain good Samaritan. Dr. Suleiman is that Samaritan. Nini Stevens says, Sakina, what an amazing program. Such a special and positive, wonderful man Dr. Suleiman is. We wish the world could follow his example. And Lee, Dr. Suleiman and I uh, was a GP at Eastwood, humble humanitarian. I deeply respect him, always helping from old age homes in Peter Maritzburg to children in the world. God bless you. That's from Lee. Whoa. Okay. Whilst you take all of that in, I'm going to go back to the lines. Uh, Tobile is calling from Cape Town. Good morning, Tobile. Hi. Morning, Sakina. How are you? Good and you? Good, thanks. Um, I just wanted to echo the calls that have been said by many. Um, but, uh, we, we, I'd like to applaud Dr. Suleiman, and we are very proud of him. He's one of the few people who make us to, to feel proud of South Africans, to see the flag flying high out there. And um, I also just wanted to, to, to say that I feel he's making a great contribution in changing the false image that um, some some of us have regarding the religion, re- regarding Islam. He's portraying a totally different picture to what has been pushed negatively in the media. And may he keep up the good work. We, we applaud him and his team and we are very proud of him. Thank you so much, uh, Toby Le. Hassan in Durban, good morning. Hi, Sakina, and uh, salams to Intias Rafiq Hassan. How are you, Intias? You know, Sakina, you know somebody when you work with them. I've worked with Intias in 1994, Dr. Intias, during the elections. I just want to say, you know, uh, I would attribute his success to someone who does not see, you know, how high the mountain is. Take the first step 
we trust in God and yes. He will make you up the mountain. Islam means I-S-L-A-M. I shall love all mankind. And I think he's showing it by example. So keep up the good work in here. Thanks, Afik. Thank you so much, uh, Hassan. Uh, Bungani in Pretoria, good morning. Uh, good morning, uh, Hassan. Uh, sorry, sorry, for what you saying, Hassan. Um, <laughs> good, good, good morning there. And, and Doctor, um, good morning there. It's Bungani Kamzalo from Peter Marsbeck. How are you? Oh, fine, Bungani. How are you? Uh, just, I'm, I'm okay. Just to, congr- just to congratulate you and just say that we are all very, 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 um, what am I saying? Well, we're, we're very, very impressed with the work that we are doing. Um, we are embodiment of what, of what normally would be called Ubuntu. That's what I wanted to say. Thank you so much, Bungani. And uh, Ngaba, I, I know there are many people still wanting to come through, but you're going to be the last caller. Good morning. I'm told not even to greet you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, my question is simple. I would appreciate how to become part uh, of the good work done by the dog. I would appreciate to know how do we participate as the citizens. Thank you, Thank you so much, Ngaba. And uh, so many people want to know that, and they also want to know how do they go about donating to Gift of the Givers. Well, that second part we'll deal with first, www.giftofthegivers.org or 0800-786-911. Call the toll-free line, they'll tell you how to subscribe. The thing about volunteers is a very difficult concept, simply because the volunteers that I use are full are, are medical and search and rescue personnel and counselors. It's a very specialized skill. If I have to take people across who want to come with me to disaster zones, I can virtually fill eight plane loads of people. But you can't take people to another part of the world and do the job those people can do in a difficult situation. You will demoralize them, you will take the humanity away, away and you'll make, you'll make them lose their dignity. Because they can carry boxes, they can carry blankets, they can distribute food. And people come with love from the side, they want to help people on the other side. But it's about empowerment. When you go to a war zone or a disaster, you want to empower people because they run down. They, you know, they said, and I'll give you two examples. In Syria, in the hospital, the guys running the hospital were only four or five medical people. The others were agricultural students. They were doing medical work in theater because the doctors empowered them. There was nobody else to help. And when we came with the skills, we just transferred skills and helped the people. But if they could empower themselves in a medical, which is so complicated, the simple stuff they could all do. When we went to the Philippines, when my teams entered, the, 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 we didn't go to Takloban, we went to Palompon. And as the teams got across the choppy seas and they went on rough water, the mayor said, are you guys mad? It's shark-infested water and they came with an ordinary simple boat. They said, we couldn't waste time, we had to get to you. And they were stunned. And he said, you know what, you're the first international team that has arrived. We were about to shut the hospital down. The mood is sullen. Everybody is depressed. We don't know what to do. We are heartbroken and people are sort of flat and you take volunteers of that caliber in four days they rebuild the whole roof of the hospital 1,000 square meters they put hope into the city and within 48 hours you hear nails knocking and hammers knocking in every part of Palompon because the type of skills that we send motivated the entire island to become empowered to help themselves well, Dr. Suleiman, you've certainly been an inspiration, judging by all the messages still coming through and the tons of them that we ha- didn't uh, get to read. And I just want to end with this one uh, by uh, Refugee Crisis, who says, Dr. Suleiman has touched, inspired, and saved many lives across the world. He doesn't toy-toy. He doesn't complain. He just does his work. Thank you so much for coming through. And um, uh, I'm sure we will be speaking to you again shortly.
Thanks, Sakina. Thanks so much. And thanks to all South Africans for their support, their warm messages. We really appreciate that. And uh, that's it for this Friday. You have a fantastic weekend. It's nine o'clock and time for the news with Norm Samtluli.